0: We are talking about how to have the faith of God. Isn't that an amazing title when you really think about it? The God of the universe, the creator of all things says, listen, I want you to have my quality and same amount of faith. Well, my, my kind of faith, I should say it correctly. He wants you to have the faith of God. Boy, that'll just blow out religious cobwebs right there, right? But that is what the word of God says, now, we've been spending the last two weeks talking about what great faith is. And we talked about the centurion servant being healed. You know, we talked about the Syrophoenician woman's daughter getting delivered and healed, right? And we saw those were two instances where Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in Israel. He defined it as great faith. In both instances, you see humility, right? You see... Someone who was willing, came to Jesus in the wrong place, but was willing to make the adjustment to to get in a position to receive from God, right? We see honesty in the centurion. We see an understanding of authority in the Syrophoenician woman. We see a complete understanding of authority. She knew she lived in a very demonic culture because of how that whole culture was probably how her house was it opened the door for her daughter to be demon possessed right and but what did she understand she understood that jesus had authority over these things so to have great faith you're going to have to understand authority you're going to have to do it god's way not your way you're going to have to have humility right in other words it's all about the heart and you have to understand it's all legal too. Well, these instances are, are powerful, but do you realize both of these people had no, no covenant with God? You have a covenant with God. Amen. These people were not born again. They, you know, they didn't carry around a Bible, right? They didn't have the Word of God at, at their disposal. You literally are born again. And in your spirit, which is literally completely alive to God, you have the mighty Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead in you and the purpose of him being in you is to show you those things that had been freely given to you by God so that you could see them. and then his job is literally to reveal them so you could see them, and then lead you into them. So when we talk about great faith as Jesus defined it, I'm telling you, great faith today is even way, way, way beyond that. You were made to walk by faith. So I want to talk about this. If you look at the title of this sermon, it would be Great Faith Part 3. Isn't that just really creative and awesome, right? But in reality, what we're going to really talk about today is what i would call ever increasing faith you need to understand some things about faith and we're going to talk about that tonight that faith grows okay it it is to grow but we're going to go into some things tonight so turn in your bibles let's look at an example of great faith and we're going to look at abraham so go to go just go over we're not going to read the whole story But go to Romans chapter 4. We're going to specifically look at verse 19 and 20. And we're going to kind of break that down and launch off from there. So you guys ready? We're growing in faith. God wants you to lay hold of everything that he's provided for you. Right? This is very, very important in your life. You want to finish your course strong. You don't want to leave anything You don't want to have any lack in your life because you haven't laid hold of something that God has already provided for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it says, talking about Abraham and being not weak in faith. The first thing I see there is, okay, so if you're not weak in faith, what was he? He was strong in faith. But also, does that tell me that you can be weak in faith? Right? So he was strong in faith. And being not weak in faith, look at this, he considered not his own body now dead. Okay? So he's 100 years old. God promises him a son, him and Sarah. His body is dead. He's 100 years old. It means that he cannot in the natural have kids. He didn't consider that. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Right? He considered not. In other words, Abraham was not looking at his body to tell him what God's word and God's will was. He was not looking at his body. He never looked at outside circumstances to determine what God's word said. So in the same way, this is how you have to get. You have to get to the point where you are not considering outside things. Well, pastor, I have sickness in my body. It might be in your body, but that's outside your spirit. Okay? Do you know your spirit's not sick? Right? It can't get sick right? There's nobody walking around heaven limping, right? There's no, there's no doctors in heaven, right? There's, there's none of that. There's no hospitals, right? No, we have to get this right. To walk by faith, we have to get to the point where we don't consider natural things. Now that sounds so simple, and it is, but we do that all the time, right? Right? We live with something long enough, well, you know, I just live with that, I, I just, you know, I got injured years ago and I'm just going to live with it. Stop that. Right? You know, I just get up in the morning and I'm in pain. Stop that. Jesus bore it. You don't have to. Right? Well, but, but you know, pastor, I'm getting older. Right? We have to get out of this thing about being moved by circumstances, by the outside. He considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was strong in faith. So number one, he didn't consider natural things. Abraham did not allow his body to tell him whether or not God's word was true. He never let his body tell him that or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not. This is this, you've heard me talk about this Greek word, stagger. It's diakrino. It literally means uh, to separate oneself from. Okay? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. How do you stagger through unbelief? In the same way, to stagger naturally, you need to drink a certain amount of alcohol and you will stagger. In order to stagger in your walk spiritually, you have to make a decision to not believe God's word. It's faith, if you don't get anything else for today, this is something Satan doesn't want you to know. Faith and belief. Right? They're completely a choice. Right? Completely a choice. Well, why would you say that, Pastor? Remember one of the definitions of faith? You cannot even perceive faith with your senses. So that means that I cannot perceive anything in this natural realm that would tell me i'm in faith but people will do that all the time i just you know i just really i just don't feel okay right i just don't feel like i'm in faith it's like okay what what does that have to do with anything right you have to realize that what are you saying pastor are you saying that literally i could just choose to be in faith and choose to believe god words god's word yeah it all starts with a choice. And you make a choice to believe on your way to being fully persuaded. Okay? Ever-increasing faith. He staggered not. This word stagger means to separate oneself from. To So what does it mean to stagger? I'm going to separate myself from the promise of God. Right? Yeah, God is a healer, but... I just don't know if he's, he's willing to heal me. You're staggering. Why? Because you're in unbelief. Okay? This word also means to withdraw from. When, when there's a promise of God and you withdraw from it, why? Because of unbelief. That's why you're withdrawing. I withdraw. I'm out. I just don't believe, I just don't believe that stuff. Okay, that's, this is the, the, Abraham did not stagger. Now think about that. Every day, he knows he's 100 years old. He also knows that Sarah's 90. But the thing about Sarah is they could not, him and Sarah could not have children when they were younger. So you could imagine the enemy. What are you even thinking about? Right? What were you smoking that day that you thought God said you were going to have a son? There is no possible way. He staggered not. Is there a place where you could never stagger? Absolutely. You're made to never stagger. Right? This word also means to oppose, with, to, oppose to contend with, and to differ. I'm opposing that. I just don't believe that. I know know that you're saying the Bible says that, but I just don't believe that. My God shall meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. It'll all come to you through Christ Jesus. Yeah, but I just don't believe that. Why? You're staggering because you're you're unbelieving. You're choosing not to believe, right? You're contending with it. You're contending with it. Listen, how do you contend with the promise of God? Well, I know it says that, But you don't understand, you know, I did this and I did that and I I just, I just don't deserve it. You're contending. Why? Because you have made a choice not to believe. Why did you do that? You make a choice not to believe because you're believing something else. You're believing that what you see, oh, that, that really opened up some things, didn't it? If you felt that, that was a good feeling. That's, that's God's bringing some things up right? We got to call this what it is. To walk in great faith, we got to stop playing church. I think we're really good at not playing church around here. I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that don't really want to play church. They want the real thing, right? Because I mean, all of us were kind of tired about playing church. There is absolutely no life in that, right? He staggered not. So this word also means to waver. If, if the simplest definition, it means to waver. And it give, this Greek word gives you a picture of someone who is saying something contrary. Boy, that's, that's one of those, oh me. Nothing ever works out for me. Right? My back is killing me. This just never, that faith stuff just never seems to work for me. You're saying something contrary. You're wavering. Faith never, ever, ever wavers. Wouldn't it be nice to never, ever waver? Do you know God said to you five times, because you're the justified ones, you will walk and live by faith. You're made to do it. Satan doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think it's some real complex situation. Do you realize a Roman centurion that didn't go on anything but what he heard of Jesus. A Syrophoenician woman who had no word, no nothing just based on what they heard, had incredible miracles. How much more you? Because I think I'm looking at a bunch of people that believe, right? He said he staggered not what? At the promise of God through unbelief. We'll talk more about unbelief later but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, but was strong in faith. Some translations will say, but waxed strong in faith, denoting a progression. This Greek word strong has in it a progression. Some translations will say grew, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, okay? New American Standard Version, the Bible that Jesus carried if you're a Baptist, right? It says this, yet, what a great translation too, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. See, what, what you need to underline in verse 19, he considered not. Verse 20, he staggered not. You could write this in your notes. He staggered not because he considered not. Now we could all go home right there, and that'll give you something to think about for about the next month. The reason why you don't stagger is because you don't consider. We as Christians, we take all these options out of our life. If God said it, that is the way it is. Right? Doesn't that work out a lot better? Because when you start living in that, you're like, yeah, that's so so true. He staggered not because he considered not. Again, Abraham did not allow his body or Sarah's body to tell him what, what God's word, whether it was true or not. Right? And he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. There's something about worship. There's something about thanksgiving. Great faith, growing faith, lives a life of thanksgiving. He grew strong in faith looking at the promise of God. You've got to be careful what you look at. Because what you look at, if you look at it long enough, you'll start looking to it and it'll become your source right? If you're looking to that medicine that's keeping your numbers of your blood or whatever down in a, in a decent range where it's manageable, you're going to start looking to that and it will become your source. And the problem with that is if it ever comes to a point where, man, that medicine is no longer doing that, yikes, right? Right? There's a place in God. Now, am I saying medicine is not of God? No, no, thank God for medicine. Take it if you need to, but take it in faith and feed on the word of God. Let that be your primary medicine so you can get off all the other medicine because he's a healer, right? He grew strong in faith looking at the promise of God. Looking at the promise of God is what kept him from being swayed in his body. Great faith never takes its eyes off what God said. Okay? Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, the fight of faith is is becoming fully persuaded that what God has promised is the final truth right? Well, how do you do that? You consider not natural circumstances so that you don't stagger, but you keep your eyes focused on the promise of God, right? So the fight of faith, becoming fully persuaded, what I want you to see tonight is it's a process, okay? It's a process. I choose to believe God It governs my actions it governs everything so what am I doing I know this is truth I keep meditating on the truth I keep meditating on the truth I keep it in my heart I keep it before my eyes I give it my undivided attention I never let it come out of my never let it depart from my mouth right and I and I grow and grow and grow to where I'm fully persuaded. And my definition of fully persuaded today is going to be much bigger tomorrow. Right? Because I, he, never, he never stops magnifying. He's, he's unlimited. It, what is that process called? It is called the renewing or the renovation of your mind with the word of God. Okay? So you could parallel it with that. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, He said, listen, guys, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your mind, that you would prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's how you grow your faith, okay? so we must guard our heart from ever being partially persuaded. Remember King Agrippa? Wow, Paul. Paul gives him a t- his testimony, and King Agrippa goes, wow, Paul, you almost persuade me. Guess what almost persuaded means? Not persuaded, right? Guess what al- almost persuaded to give your heart to Christ means? It means you're going to spend eternity in hell because you did not give your heart to Christ. So partially persuaded doesn't work. You need to become fully persuaded right? Yes. Satan's job is to work and work and work and work at keeping you from ever becoming fully persuaded. He does not want you listening to this kind of word. He does not want you reading your Bible. He, he just wants to, he wants to separate you from everything that is called Christianity. And we've got millions of Christians that literally, they come to church I mean, now we could even say there's millions that don't even come to church and think they're okay, but there's millions of Christians who will come to church and they, they smile and they look really Christian, they even have a Bible, right, they even have their little name on it, right, but then they go and they leave and they completely forget everything and they just live like just somebody who does not know God, right? There's no life in that. God wants to walk with you and I all day, all night, every day, for all all eternity. That's what God wants. So, when when you're growing in faith and walking by faith, this is what you do. You put all the pressure of this thing happening, you put all of it on the word. You don't put the pressure on you. It's not your job to figure out how you're going to be healed. Does that make sense? You put all the pressure on the word. So faith and believing, let me say this again, are a choice. Right? It's not based on what you see, what you feel. Here's another thing about faith. Faith, I could put it this way, it's active, it's moving, it's dynamic, if you want to use that term. Okay? What, what do I mean by that? See, you could be really strong in faith in an area today. But if you start entertaining wrong thoughts, and you kind of put this on the shelf, and you stop hearing it, right? And you just start, you start looking at wrong things, you'll pretty soon, you'll start talk a wrong way. All of a sudden, this this spirit of fear that you had at bay he had nothing he couldn't come in there because you were fully persuaded what happens now is you start entertaining fear all of a sudden things start changing and you could go from strong in faith in an area of your life to weak or you could be weak in an area right and you could feed yourself on the Word of God, what it says, and meditate in the Word, and get around people of, that are going in the same direction, and hear truth, and hear truth, and speak truth, and you could move from weak in faith to strong in faith. Have you noticed you could be strong in faith in one area, and weak in faith in another area? Right? Right? And see, this is what's so cool about the Holy Spirit. He knows everything, so he will lead you in exactly the way you're supposed to go. So you got to realize that about faith. This movement of going strong to weak or weak to strong, this movement is based on what you're feeding on and what you're exercising in. Okay? If you feed on the right stuff, the Word of God, and you be a doer of the Word of God, you will grow strong in faith. But if you feed on wrong thoughts and lies of the enemy, what happens is you will grow weak in faith. Right? But here's the cool thing. It's so much like physical. Man, if you lift weights... You know, it's, it's really something, because when you're lifting real heavy, and you're going for it, you, you are developing, but then all of a sudden you'll hit a plateau, and you know when you hit a plateau that you just got to gotta push through it. And here's the thing, many times to push through it, you got to have a spotter. You have to have somebody on that bar that's going to keep it moving, but then you can break through. But, but another thing, sometimes what you got to do is you got to look at your diet and go, okay, do I have the right stuff here? Because if I'm trying to maintain 250 pounds of, of body weight muscularly, and I'm only eating 150 grams of protein a day, guess what? You're going backwards because you're not feeding yourself what your body needs it's the same thing spiritually but this is what happens then if you're really working out hard and all of a sudden you decide to take a month off you come back and you're like what happened to me i'm so much i mean i can't even you go way backwards but but then they have this thing called muscle memory do you know you have that spiritually So if you've allowed yourself to get weak when you were once strong, do you know your road to getting back strong is like that? What do you do? You start exercising and feeding right. So what causes this movement of strong to weak or weak to strong, whatever, that movement is based on what you're eating and and how you're exercising, right? You need to exercise, all the time you all brought some of your equipment with you today right you all have one i think i don't see anybody without some this is this is incredible state-of-the-art equipment it's called your mouth right and you gotta speak right we're we we have not even got into that we're gonna get into that as the lord leads us you know i'm sitting here going lord this is week 11 already right But, well, we can never hear enough of this. So jump over to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Look at verse 7 and 8. This is another picture of great faith. It gives us another snapshot of some principles of how to walk by faith and walk in great faith. It says in Jeremiah 17, 7, Blessed, that Hebrew word blessed means empowered to prosper. Do you realize, see, you could prosper in the world system. There are people that don't believe in God, want nothing to do with him, and they prosper. You and I as children of God, though, we are empowered by God to prosper. So that means, what is the limit on that one? Well, you're gonna have to, you set the limit because there is no limit with God, Amen. right? So let's look at this. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. You could say it like this. Blessed is the man that believes in the Lord. Blessed is the man that has faith in the Lord. You could say it either way. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. Hope is future. I trust in the Lord for my today, and I, and he is my future. All my trust is in him in the future, right? It says here, for he, verse 8, shall be like as a tree planted by waters that spreads out her roots by the river. Now notice, when you trust in the Lord, something is happening, you are being prepared to gain all all of your input and life from the inside. When you trust in the Lord, it's like you're a tree that God plants so that your roots can go into something a river, so all your provision comes from now, from the inside, it's not coming from the outside. you got to see this about Jeremiah 17. Look at this, it says, you'll be like a tree planted by waters that spreads out of roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. So do you, now, now we're talking heat, that's something outside trying to affect you you won't even see it. When you trust God, you are positioned where you are gaining all your strength. All, I mean, what is our strength? The joy of the Lord. What is our everything? Listen, we are, we are a branch, right, that is tapped into an unlimited vine, right? So, so literally everything, see this here. I'm positioned to receive everything from the inside. It causes me to not even see when heat comes. In other words, outside things are, they, they, don't, they don't move me. They're irrelevant. Sounds a lot like Abraham. He considered not. His own body was irrelevant. Think about that. 100 years old, right? Right? We should put some pictures up here of hundred, some 100-year-old hundred people. You'd be like, yeah, they're not having kids. The woman would be like, 90? No. Not doing that, right? Have no idea why Abraham was even, or Sarah was even open to that. But, you know, I'm a guy. I can't even figure out why anybody would want to have a baby. You want, you want that to come out of that? Are you kidding me? Right? We better move on. Now everybody's awake. Look at this, shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green. Her leaf shall be green. Why is her leaf green? Because of the water. Because of something from the inside. In other words, the countenance of the tree is not based on what's going on on the outside. It's based on what's going on on the inside. So you could look at somebody, I mean, literally, you could look at them laying in a hospital bed, looking like they're about to die. But what you don't know is, oh, no, 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 no. No, it's working on the inside of them. And you're gonna see it on the outside, right? Look at this. Shall not see when heat comes, or leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. So now it goes from I'm not moved by my outside, but my countenance, which is joy, peace, thanksgiving, it's not based on the outside. And now it's even saying, look at this, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Shall not be careful in the year of drought. What does that mean? Who cares? It doesn't matter what the economy's doing. I'm sowing more this year than I did last year. Why? Well, because I'm like a tree. People look at you and go, you're like a what? You know, it's really interesting what they found out about the mind, right? They call it the subconscious mind. Do you know what your subconscious mind is like? Science now has proven it's like a forest of trees. Interesting. When you speak wrong because you thought wrong, you will literally grow toxic trees in your subconscious mind. But you're programmed for love. So if you will start speaking the word of God over your life, it pulls out the toxic ones and plants new ones. It's real kind of interesting how science, I mean, they're not catching up to God. They're beginning to right? So this is interesting. Neither neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So trusting God, what is that? Having confidence and dependence. I'm completely confident and completely dependent upon him and no one else and nothing else. I am not looking to anything else, Father, I thank you for blessing my business. I thank you for blessing all this stuff, but I am, not lo- I am not judging anything on that. You're my source. Oh, I might have some different income streams coming in, but you're the source of all of them. Amen. Right? A person like that can't be moved. Right? Trusting God is based on revelation knowledge of him. In other words... You will not trust somebody you do not know. So that's why God wants you to know him intimately. Faith grows, right, as you develop trust in God. And boy, he's the master at helping you trust him. Faith in God, confidence in God, Trust in God is all based on relationship. It's all based on relationship. You are his child. He paid an amazing price, the death of his son, right? You were redeemed by the precious blood of his son. You are a priceless object to him. He is for you, right? And he's long-suffering, and he's full of mercy. I mean, his mercies are new every morning. He's, He's there to help you. We come to trust God, right, through life's circumstances as we walk in relationship with him. Don't walk through life's circumstances without being in relationship with him. Otherwise, your your mouth is going to be going, why did God allow this and why is this happening to me and all this other stuff? But when you walk in relationship with him and you completely trust him, you will literally, I mean, this is how your confidence in him will grow. It'll just grow. Because see, this is the thing. You're thinking right thoughts. You're taking wrong thoughts captive. So many people go through a tragedy in their life and they have all these questions. And God, he wants to take them to be completely free. But it's a process. So it's like people will say, God, why? And he's like, he's like relax. Let me teach you some things about me. Let's just walk through life. And he, will, he, will, he knows you. And he will handpick, okay, now I want, Tony, I want you to give me that and I'm going to show myself strong, and then then I'm going to, okay, now it's time for this one. He'll walk you to where you give it all up, and then all of a sudden, that question that you asked him right after it happened and you got mad at him because he didn't answer, you realize, well, five years later, now I understand. I would have not understood that, right? Guys, he's so good. When God heals, he takes away, he takes away the scar. There is no scar anymore. He says this, behold, I make all things new. Only God can do that. Right? Why do these bad things happen? Because Satan is out to destroy. All right, let's keep going. Trusting God is... A choice. You choose to trust Him. You choose to trust Him, and that starts the process of you getting to the place where you know you can trust Him. You don't have, see with God, you don't have to fake it till you make it because He knows your heart. He comes up to somebody and says, Hey, I know where you are. Come on, just walk with me. Get in my word every day you know just forget about this right now don't don't worry about this just keep your eyes on me keep your eyes on me it's going to be okay and he walks you and 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 as you're walking with him things are falling off of you and you don't even realize it right that's the way he is that's how you grow that's how your faith grows so many christians man they come and they're just They hear faith and they're like, oh, I'm all in. This is going to change everything in my life today and all this stuff. But then they get into the principles instead of getting into knowing him. Trust me, when you know him, you'll understand all the principles. Right? Trusting God will show you which way to go and what steps to take which way to go, and what steps to take so that I can grow my faith to become fully persuaded in whatever you're facing. If it's physical, it's a process. Some people maybe start out and go, okay, tomorrow my physical symptoms, I'm believing God that I'm going to get better. Maybe that's where their faith is, right? Maybe they don't start... They don't start out with, hey, okay, I'm just believing God for cancer to be eradicated in my body today. Now, is that possible? Absolutely. That's nothing to God. But remember, it's not based on him. It's based on what you can believe. Because he's already provided it, but he's got to walk you into it. So it's a process. Trusting God, what it does, it enables you to be moved by him on the inside so that you're never moved by the outside see abraham got to the place where he was fully persuaded that god was able to perform what he said and that's where you and i have to get but the difference is abraham wasn't born again you're born again so that you talk about compressing time frames. What trips us up more than anything? We've got all these examples of Christianity that are not really examples of Christianity. Right? We have some that are like, okay, if you want to be a Christian, man, you girls, you better wear a dress and you better not cut your hair and you better not wear makeup. Are you kidding me? Right? And, and you better be, you know, man, I'm your pastor and if you, if you want to do something, you got to come clear it with me right and and you know what you better not do that or man you're going to burn in hell you got you got that ditch over here then you got other people over here singing the grace song grace 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 i could just sleep with whoever i want do with whoever i want it's awesome guess what can both people go to heaven yeah if they're born again will both people be stolen from their whole life on this earth absolutely let's stay in the middle The grace of God doesn't empower you to sin. It empowers you to walk holy. Right? Religion binds, relationship frees. So it's so simple. Trusting God, it it, it puts you in a position to be protected when evil comes. Because he is to be a non-issue in your life but you're going to have to understand your authority. But when you understand your authority, you're like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? You're not even allowed. You you don't have a right to come on my property, right? Let alone touch my body, and you're sure not going to mess with my kids or my grandkids or my wife or my husband, right? You can't have that. Trusting God will position you to overcome and walk through times of trouble and difficulty in peace. It's like you're going through the fire, you're in the fire, but the fire is not kindling upon you. Why? It's because of whose... See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, had God with them. Right. Yes. It's much better for us. If, if, if we could go back in time and be born again in that furnace... The king of Babylon would be just like, what are those three guys? He wouldn't say, what about that fourth one? Right? Right? Because the fourth one's in him, He's in us. How much more? So Psalm 18.2 says this. The Lord is my rock. I don't have a bunch of them. I only need one. He is my fortress. I only have one fortress. That's him. I don't need another fortress. He is my deliverer. I don't need anybody else to deliver me because he is my deliverer. He is my God. He's my God. Right? He is my strength. How strong am I? Well, you gotta, to define that, how strong is he? Because he's my strength. Amen. In whom I will trust. He is my buckler. That means he is my shield and he is my protector. He's my shield. You ain't getting nothing past him, Amen. right? It might not be proper English, but you get my point. He is the horn or the strength, that means strength, of my salvation. He is, why is he the strength of my salvation? Because Jesus bled and died and bore it all for me and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. His blood still ever speaks that I'm always connected to him and he is sitting there watching over his word to perform it. He's the strength of my salvation. I'm in covenant with Almighty God, but guess who the guaranteer is? It's not me, it's Jesus. Wow. And He is my high tower. That means He is my inaccessible place of refuge. Wow. That's better than any beach. It's better, if you like mountains. it's better than any mountain. An inaccessible place of refuge. Wow. That's why it says in Psalm 125, and boy, I feel like I could run around this place right now. In Psalm 125, verse 1, it says, they that trust in the Lord. Do you know you could say it this way? They that trust in the Word. Because guess who the Lord is? He is the Word of God. They that trust in the Lord, or they that trust in the Word of God, shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be. Be removed. What was it last week? Something like almost 1,500 missiles were shot into Israel. All these meetings going on with all these countries. I'm sitting here going, okay, this is the Ezekiel 38 conflict. It looks like it could start today. And um, we're out of here before it starts. So it's kind of crazy right now. And, and that's just coming from one area. Then you've got another country over here. One's on the south, one's on the north, and they're just, they're wanting to send all these things. Israel's sending missiles, all this stuff. They all want Israel off the planet, but I've got to tell you, Mount Zion cannot be removed. It won't ever be removed. We're going to get raptured out of here, and all these nations are going to come to destroy Israel maybe nuclear, What I don't care what it is, and in one day, the world will know that God saved Israel. Because Mount Zion can't be removed. Fast forward to your life. They that trust in the Lord can't be removed. You're like Mount Zion, you can't be removed. But abides. This means you live and you stand. That's what it means to abide. But you live and you stand forever. Nothing moves you. That's a Christian. Right? So look at this. We gotta gotta see this. God and his word are one. The foundation of our trust in God is is, is our trust in his word. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Right? God's word cannot fail. I want you to say this with me. God's word... Cannot cannot fail me. me. God's word word cannot 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 fail fail me. me. God's word word cannot cannot fail fail me. God's word, word. it cannot 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 fail me. me. God's word word cannot, cannot, cannot cannot, cannot ever ever fail fail me. me. If he said it, say this. He He will do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Because he's the God that never changes. He's the God that cannot lie. And he loves me because I'm his child. This is what we're talking about. Great faith. It comes from an intimate relationship with the living God who lives inside of you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We must take God at his word. If he said he sent his word and he healed you, then you all you got to do is say, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. If he said he'd meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory, right? And that it would come to you through Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that all my needs are met. If he said his joy is my strength, If he said, I only have good plans for you, then stop looking at natural things and thinking he has other plans for you. That's the enemy's lies, right? So look at this. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you. Gosh, I just, I just, at times like that, I just wish just come on, just that, a little bit of that Bill Winston, you know, the, the voice and just the dynamic, man, you know, he's just a little guy. When I, met, when I met him, remember we met, I mean, you're like, hey Bill, how's it going, you know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland, hey Kenneth, right, they're little on the outside, but they are massive on the inside, right, yeah, how'd I get off on all that? so look at isaiah 26 verse 3 and 4 look it says it says thou wilt keep him in perfect peace wow god will keep you in perfect peace this word keep means he will guard you he'll protect you He'll preserve you. He will watch over you. He will hide you in that inaccessible place of refuge so that you could stay at peace. Could you imagine what could come after you if God's hiding you? He's like, come over here, Tony. You just stand here. There's peace right here. Don't, Don't even be moved by this. This is nothing. Do you know you're gonna look at Satan who's rocking this whole world for evil? We're going to look at him and because see, we're going to look at him in our glorified bodies, and we're going to be like, what, that, that's the dude? Are you kidding me? He? Oh, Jesus, I wish I could go back in time right now. I mean, it's glorious here, but I would love to go spend another 80, 90 years on the earth kicking him in the teeth, right? This guy? Whoa. What did Lester Summerall, the story he told, Right. He's in his bed, and he hears all this racket going in another bedroom in his house. He gets up out of bed, opens a door, and it's a, it's a discerning of spirit. Satan is sitting in that room. You know what he said to him? Oh, it's you? It's only you? Slammed the door went to bed. Most Christians would be like, oh, no. No, God is on your side. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Here's the kicker whose mind is stayed. This means I've laid and I've, I've laid hold and I'm taking hold of him with my mind. Whose mind is stayed on him. Why? Because he trusts in thee. And then in verse four it says, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This word strength means as an everlasting rock, an everlasting refuge. Can't be moved. Not only am I standing on the rock, it's not like I'm standing on a rock and nothing's around me. I'm in an everlasting refuge. And, and it just is saturated with peace. See, that's what Satan doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to know that's where you are to abide as a Christian. Who cares what's going on on the outside? God manifests right here today, and he's with us, and we hear about an asteroid the size of Nebraska coming right at Nebraska. Don't care. Right? We're not, or should we go home? Should we? No, no, we're having church. Because that asteroid's never going to hit me. Because I'm in him. That's the way you want, that's the way you got to live. Because this is what Satan does. He throws a thought to get you, your eyes off him and get your eyes on some little feeling. You be careful with symptoms. People have symptoms and it freaks them out. And they start talking about them. Then they go to a doctor and they get them confirmed and then they talk about them more. It's like a magnet that's bringing that thing into your life. Reject them. You get a diagnosis, I'm never speaking a diagnosis. Right. I'm going to say that's a lying symptom. It has no legal right in my body and it's not staying. Amen. Right? That's great faith. The Bible right here in Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, identifies trusting God as what? Keeping your mind on him. Yeah. Amen. Well, Tony, I just have trouble trusting God. No, you're not keeping your mind on him. You stop meditating in the word. You stop looking at the word. You started believing something else. That's the only reason why you don't trust in him. Because you are made to trust him. He had to get your attention. You're like, yeah, but pastor, I'm like, I totally am carnal. Yeah, but you're not made that way. You don't have to live that way at all. It's not who you are. See, God's word, God's word is the seed, Mark chapter 4, that will keep you at rest. The word keeps you at rest. The word keeps you trusting him. The word does everything. The word energizes you to want to do his will and do his will. Wow. Man, I've got spit flying out of my mouth. It's amazing. I got to stay back here a little bit. Hmm. Romans, chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Right? Hearing. It means that I'm coming to the Word with a willingness to do it. I'm I'm coming to the Word to allow the Word of God access into my heart. I'm I'm allowing the word to speak to my heart, and I have a willingness. My answer is yes, I'll do whatever it says. Now I'm hearing. Faith comes that way. You could say it this way. Trust me in this, okay? Look at this. How does faith come? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. You could, instead of faith, you could put then, so then my ability to trust him comes from hearing the word of God. And hearing the word of God and hearing comes from the word of God. In other words, if it's not the word, you're not hearing. If you're hearing a bunch of junk, that's not even hearing. Your ability to trust God comes from hearing God's word. Isn't that amazing? So in other words, for you to trust God, it's completely dependent. I mean, he's given you everything to trust him because he's given you his word. So you have everything you need to trust him. You just have to make a choice. And and don't beat yourself up if you're making the wrong choice. You're just looking at wrong things. That's it. There's no guilt. There's no shame, no condemnation. Just, listen, listen, if you're being stupid... Just make a decision not to be stupid anymore. Right? I could say that because I've probably written an encyclopedia on being stupid. But guess what? I'm not stupid anymore. I've made a decision. Can we say it that plain, right? To the degree that I have knowledge of him, I can trust him. So I just want, I see this is all about ever-increasing faith is getting to know him. Your confidence in God grows progressively. What do I mean by that? Little by little, as you walk out God's plan for your life. Man, I'm telling you, when you started this thing, you thought you had great faith. And then three years later, you're like, wow, now I really do have great faith. And then the next year, now I really do have great faith. And your faith keeps growing and growing and growing until all of a sudden, you, you hear a trumpet and you see Jesus. And then guess what will happen then? Well, then it levels out. No. No, faith is ever increasing. Ever increasing. A million years from now, your faith, your trust, your knowledge of him, it's going to ever be increasing. I love it so impacted me years ago. My friend, Bill, he was at Southern California College, Christian College, and he was, he was in a, a class with a teacher that was like an expert in ancient Hebrew. And you guys have heard me talk about this story where it says in the Old Testament, the cherubs are flying around the throne of God, these angelic beings, and they, they cover themselves, right? But they keep, they're flying around the throne of God, and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And what she brought out in the ancient Hebrew, that holy, holy, holy was a warning, right? And then she brought out that they were not created to do this, that they were flying around the throne of God and they would see another attribute of who he was or who he is And that would just, it would spur them to just go, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Holy, holy, holy. And I remember, all of a sudden it hit me that I am to walk in his presence. And my whole life, starting right now, is going to be one revelation after another of who he is. And that's where worship comes from. That's where all of it comes from. Everything is a response. It's like, oh God, you are so good. And then then you see something else about him. Oh my goodness, you are so good. Sometimes some of the greatest attributes that you see about God are when you've really messed up. And you come to a place where you're like, everything that I just did says that I deserve nothing, and yet you are giving me all of you. That makes you run to him. That's what we're talking about here. Your confidence in God grows progressively as you walk out his plan for your life. Developing trust in him. Growing your faith in him. It literally happens over time once you've made a choice to begin that process. And here's the process. He has to be number one. You have to get to a place where, God, if your word says it, I have a willingness to do it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what my flesh thinks about it. All of my trust from this moment on is in you. And I'm not going to entertain another thought, another circumstance. Nothing's going to move me from that place. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help me with this. Right? Stir me. Strengthen me. Come alongside me. Bring your word to my remembrance. Be my helper in this, in every situation. And you, if you make that choice, you'll go from glory to glory to glory. Well, I think I'm looking at a lot of people that have made that choice. God is good. We'll have to get into more of this because I didn't get very far in my notes tonight. But you know what? Man, I hope this is just, I hope this is just driving the word of God a mile deep in you that you can trust him. He is worthy. So take this and let this be the fuel of you going out in that world because you know a lot of people out there, they are really freaked out about their future. They're they, they losing control. I mean, I was just talking to somebody the other day, another person that they knew just committed suicide. I'm hearing about suicide after suicide after suicide. You know, we're hearing about all this stuff in the world. And guys, we have the light of God in us. So let's go out and give it away, Amen? amen?